What's up, everyone? Welcome to the next interview that we have uh, going here for Toronto Game Devs. Uh, there was a little bit of a break that we did just because of some. I was on my honeymoon and then I had surgery and all that stuff, so we're back um, this time with Alex uh, Belethke. Is that right? Bethke. Bethke. Thank you. Um, you've created over 100 video games, husband, father, as we just discussed, uh, and you've kind of been in the in the scene for basically the whole time that I've. I've noticed it. Um, you have a vast amount of history that I think we'll get through. So uh, that's really kind of butchered uh, intro, but so I apologize. But thanks for joining me, man. Yeah, no problem. Uh, what is the what is the video game total count at right now? Because I feel like I've seen a hundred plus for a while now. Yeah, I mean it's a little bit subjective, right? So it depends on how you count it. So I will admit that there's a there's, there's, I have two separate lists that I count. I have a count for games I've worked on and then count for games that have actually released. So the number that I like to use is the one that counts a couple of projects that never actually made to the light of day, mm-hmm. but significant effort had gone into them, so I count them. Um, so I usually just stick with the somewhat nebulous over 100 games. I think, again, using that one count, I'm probably between 105 and 110 at the moment because I have a couple of projects with my new job coming out soon. Nice. Um, and so we're going to talk about TO Jam. That's how this kind of all started. But before we kind of do that, do you want to maybe just give uh, your own kind of intro of who you are and what you do? Um, and, and maybe just sort of, uh, well, actually, let's start with that. Who are you? What do you do? All right. So as we said, I'm Alex Bethke. I've been a professional game developer now for 15 years. I've been making software for... Oh, God, math. Uh, 23 years, I think, if I'm doing my math right. Yeah, 23 years. Um, so I, I started when I was pretty young uh, doing web development and then slid over via the use of Flash into game development and have never looked back. <laughs> Perfect. And, uh, and so I, I usually ask this just for the people that I'm kind of talking to. What kind of gamer are you? Do you think you do you primarily game on like PC? Are you a console person, mobile person? Do you kind of just... Uh, do you stick to one type of game? What kind of gamer? How would you describe yourself as a gamer? Yeah, I mean, I describe myself more as a game maker than a gamer, but the things that I do play, I play a little bit of everything. So on PC, the big one is I've been playing World of Warcraft now on and off for like 12 years or something ridiculous like that. I've been popping on recently just to catch up with old friends and check out some of the content before the new expansion. At the moment, I have borrowed uh, the Oculus Rift from my work, and I am all about that Beat Saber. Oh my god, that game is so good. And I'm making my first track today uh, to do a custom mapping on a level. And then on mobile, I tend to play a bit more of like uh, some puzzle games. So the one that I'm really hyped up on right now is a new game called Supertype, which is a word puzzle game unlike any other word puzzle game in the sense that as a crude description you're not like spelling out words to try and get points and stuff it's actually using letters in physics puzzles and uh it's a very smart game i really enjoy it what was that one called super type is it like a mobile game or on yeah it's mobile ios and i think android i might check that one out. is it one of the free downloads and with videos and stuff or is it a paid one uh, paid one, th- you know, three bucks kind of thing. Yeah. Absolutely worth the three bucks. It's got a great mix of, I, I really like the balance that they've gone for because it has that, like, you know, you play 10 puzzles and you feel like a genius and then you hit that one that makes you feel dumb for an hour. <laughs> right on. Um, perfect. So, so 
you've been in the industry for quite a while. You've created vast amounts of games. Um, what's the maybe, without kind of going into the long details of all that? What's the what are you kind of working on the last? Like I think I saw on your site, like you've been in the same company for about a year working on a game. Why don't you Why don't you talk about like the game that you're working on currently? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I can't really go into that. Never mind. <laughs> generally, in that sense. Um, over the last two years, I've worked for two companies. So currently, I'm at Sinking Ship Entertainment. And prior to that, I was working for a company called Digital Howard, where we launched uh, an augmented reality mobile game called Terracosm that you can play at the Ontario Science Centre, as well as other science centres. So a big part of what I've been doing in the last two years is augmented reality game development, which I find very fascinating and lots of fun. And, uh, you know, bringing creatures to life, bringing augmented environments to life, blending game worlds with the real world and stuff like that, and throwing some STEM, uh, you know, science, technology, engineering, mathematics, education stuff in there. At the same time, I found to be just really fulfilling work, especially for someone who's been doing game development for so long. It's nice to try and do something that's a little bit more than, uh, you know, make shooting games and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, so what Sinking Ship does largely is they make uh, kids' TV shows like Odd Squad, Androids, Dino Dana. So I, I've been working on a couple of different products, uh, one of which is coming out. The second one is in heavy development now that should be released before the end of the year, I think. Um, and uh, I can say as much, I think, as one is an AR app and the other is... Uh, kind of like an interactive episode of one of their shows, but I can't say which show. But uh, that's all been really, really good, and I've really liked working with the Sinking Ship crew so far. Cool, cool. Yeah, and I, I don't want you to say anything that would get you in trouble or anything like that. And uh, I think I first came across um, you and, and your work on uh, when Fate Tectonics was coming out, um, Golden Gear Games. Now that that kind of came in and came in gone. Do you want to maybe just talk about Fate Tectonics for a little bit? Sure. Uh, Fate Tectonics was sort of the culmination of an indie studio that I uh, co-ran with my good friend and longtime business partner now, Andrew Travis. Um, and basically, Fate Tectonics is on Steam, Itch, you know, you can get a direct download, Humble, all that good stuff. Still out there. People seem to still like it. Gets played sometimes. Anyways, it's a world-building puzzle game where you uh, build up a world piece by piece by matching... Uh, water terrain to water terrain, earth to earth, mountains to mountains, that kind of thing. And the larger you build your worlds, you awaken a pantheon of godlike beings, which we call the fates. And uh, they have different things they like, and you need to appease all of them, which is where sort of the game shifts from a simple puzzle game to a puzzle action style game, where you're sort of carefully balancing out your actions, but also frantically reacting to stuff. Perfect. Yeah, and um, I remember we were talking about that uh, I, there is like a drawn out history of that. Cause I remember when um, the first time we met, or I think maybe the only time we've actually met was at um, Game Dev Drinks in Hamilton, where you did a, where you did a talk, and we uh, and I drove you home, and we were kind of talking about the whole history of that. So I, I've been I I did at the start of the year I started doing like a throwback Thursday kind of thing, where every Thursday I would like kind of go back into the 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 history of Toronto game devs and just a game that I wrote about in the past, like kind of bring it back to light. Um, especially games that didn't, uh, at least to me, like blow up the way, like not necessarily that they should have, but just like kind of blow up into the general public eye. And so I've been mean to actually kind of rewrite about fate tectonics. Cause it was actually 
one of the few Steam games that I, I just don't play PC games. A lot of the people who listen to the podcast or know me know that. But Fate Tectonics, I actually did manage to play quite a bit and enjoyed it quite a bit. So I hope um, I hope there's like a future of that. I won't we won't we don't have to go into further, but I hope there's a Fate Tectonics two down the line. Who knows? Um, perfect. So you are pretty involved with uh, To Jam, correct? Yep. Toronto Game Jam. Um, for those who don't know. TO Jam, I would imagine most of the people listening to this do, but for those who don't know, do you want to maybe just kind of give a brief, it's, it's this year was like the 13th or 14th TO Jam? Uh, this year was the 13th, yeah. The- so what the event is, it's basically a, a three-day game-making event that we've been putting on annually now for 13 years. I myself have been attending and organizing over the last 12. So I first was a jammer at TOE Jam 2, uh, and I, I, I kind of lost count. I should have looked up the specific number, but it's something like I've either jammed at five and helped organize seven or have jammed at six and helped organize six kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But the basic concept is uh, every year there's a theme of some kind. Um, so, you know, uh, this year the theme was winning is for losers. Um, we've had, you know, previous themes like scale, uh, cheese one year. It's all all over the place depending on who comes up with the idea. And now that we have an organization team, we do a whole multi-round voting process every year to figure out what the theme's going to be. But basically, you may or may not make a game based on the theme, but you come in Friday with a concept, a team, either by yourself or you know a group of people, and uh, you leave Sunday with uh, a completed game, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And what, uh, what do, in terms of Helping out and, and organizing stuff. What kind of stuff do you do for TO Jam? Uh, so I'm actually one of the senior organizers now. As of last year, uh, TO Jam is a, a nonprofit incorporated entity. So I'm actually on the board of directors as well, which is a great honor for me to be able to help out and give back to the community in that way. Um, my roles have shifted over the, the years, and I've actually handed off some uh, tasks recently to people like Tabby taking over the media and PR outreach, which I used to do by myself. Um, but at the moment, my main role is registration. So if you apply to get into the jam and or get confirmed for the jam, you have interacted with me if, even if you don't realize it. So I go through, I help process all the registrations. I have a, a team that we call the scrub team who work with me and figure out, you know, as an example of the type of thing that scrub team would look for, a team signs up with five programmers and no artist. And we follow up with them to be like, hey, is one of you going to be making art? Do you need floaters? Those sorts of things mm-hmm. to help smooth out any registration issues. And then uh, usually in a couple-day gauntlet spread over a week, I go through and do uh, most, if not all, of the confirmations in terms of figuring out who actually gets into the jam. And uh, the one thing I would note on that side is a lot of what we try to do with Cho- Toe Jam is uh, – it's a it's it's never first come first serve, which people sometimes think it is, especially first time attendees. So they're like, "Oh, I registered the first day. I'm getting in for sure." Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> what we try to do is we try to balance the jam so that there's never that there's a good balance of hobbyists, professionals, and amateurs. So mm. you know, first timers get inspired by pros in the industry or guys who've been working on stuff in their spare time. Um, guys who've been working in the industry for a long time, or people, I should say, who've been working in the industry for a long time, um, get equally inspired by the up-and-comers and stuff like that. And so everything that we do from uh, who gets confirmed from the jam to the actual makeups of each 
room, uh, we try to balance it out a bit so that there's a nice mix of people. Cool. Um, and sorry. And so now that the jam is kind of come and gone, which we'll talk about some of the games and stuff is, are you like, are you pretty much like done now until I guess a few like months or so up until registration or is it like, cause I've never actually been to the jam. I, I think I've only been to one jam total. Like I'm not uh, really much of a creator, which is why I started the site. Um, so I've never actually gone to any of the jams other than just to say like hi and stuff like that. Is it something that kind of keeps going year out? Cause I still see tweets and stuff coming up about games that, uh, that they create like during the jam. Um, and I'm wondering if it's like a full year round thing or is it, or do you not start it up until maybe again, like, I don't know, November or December when you start kind of looking at registration themes and stuff. Yeah. I mean, largely it's what you said in that sense where the main start of the work usually begins toward the end of the year as we get the, the organization team back together and start laying plans for the upcoming jam, you know, we have some meetings and it, one of the things people don't realize is there's a huge, huge amount of effort that goes into planning the jam. I believe the organization team is up to about 16 people now who handle all kinds of different aspects of the jam from coordinating the floaters, uh, the registration and scrub team, uh, doing the business stuff, our sponsorship team, because we get a lot of sponsorship from some amazing companies, mm-hmm. um, as well as food service. So one of the things that's a big part of the culture of the jam is it's a free event for anyone to attend. So we've had jammers as young as five-year-old making games, like legitimately making games with their their dad. Shout out to Ryan Crichton. And uh, <laughs> jammers up to you know I've, I've met like 60 year old jammers there now most of the people are usually in around their like 18 to 25 and then as the jam's gone on so long we see a bit of a shift to guys like me who are you know 30 plus <laughs> um so uh, it's really interesting in that sense but uh so it, it tends to be a bit of a, a build-up as we come into you know we start planning in maybe early november december uh stuff really starts getting into the thick of things, especially on the sponsorship side for, uh, you know, January, February, March kind of thing. And then as we hit April, everyone's working full tilt, especially leading up to the last week or two before the jam. We're usually exceptionally busy. So the the team, the organization team is all volunteers. No one gets paid to do this. We just do it because we love doing it and we want people to have an amazing time. And uh, the attendees get to come for free. But we also do like food service. So we have like um, Saturday night of the jam, we do a massive uh, Chinese food service for everyone. Um, so this year we had, I think, about 660 people apply to, apply to come to the jam. Sorry, that got confirmed for the jam. And about, you know, some cancellations and stuff like that happened. So I think we actually had about 600 people on site. So feeding 600 people in a like two hour window takes a lot of a lot of helping hands to get that done so we have the organization team as well as the volunteers uh beyond that who come in and help get that done and then uh the sunday before we do the open house where everyone wraps up and gets to show off the games they've made and hang out and chat we do pizza uh like pizza food service and then there's also candy stand throughout the weekend with shifting amounts of pop and chips and um you know fruit snacks and red bull and stuff like that and uh and then a few special highlights here and there like one of the oldest traditions we have is uh saturday night jim always likes to show hackers 
So, you know, maybe we'll get 15, 20 people who want to stop jamming and watch Hackers, but that's a thing that's gone on for as long as I can remember at this point. Hackers, like the 1990-whatever movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Jim Guthrie? Uh, no, Jim and Ginley. Well, oh, okay. The founders of Tojam. Oh, I see. Um, so you said there was 600 people this year. Do you remember how many there were? Do you know how many people were at the first jam? And then you said you started in the second year. If not, do you know how many people were in that? Se- do you remember how many people were in that second um, jam? Which I guess was like what 2000 and uh, where are we at now? 2007. Yeah, I don't even know. I'm not going to try to do the math on that one. <laughs> uh, whatever this year is minus 13. So I guess. Oh, 2004. Uh, or four or five. Uh, as I understand it, the first jam basically took place in someone's basement and was about 20, maybe 30 people total. Uh, I believe it was like, you know, just a bunch of friends getting together, largely an invite only event kind of thing. So sort of like a, a land party, but more um, focused on the making of games. So the, the second year was sort of the, I like to think of at least because that's the year that I went, was the first sort of public version of Toe Jam. And I don't know the specific numbers, but if I had to guess, like maybe 40, 50 people tops. And now like we've grown so much. This year was our biggest year. We had a huge jump uh, in the capacity that we could take, largely because uh, our venue sponsor for the last few years, George Brown College, was uh, very generous to us and gave us 10 more uh, rooms than we normally get, which is which was amazing. It, it means this was the only year that we didn't actually have a wait list. Um, usually we have about 50 to 100 people who we just couldn't find spots for, and we have to wait list them. So this year, the joke, I'm sorry, it's a cheesy joke. I'm a father now. I'm leaning <laughs> to dad jokes. But for this year, I was like Oprah. You get a confirmation, and you get a confirmation. <laughs> confirmations so it was uh it made the registration side of things way easier than it normally is because i didn't have to hem and haw as much about you know who might or might not be getting in and friday night i didn't have to call a bunch of people to fill potential last minute cancellation spots and stuff because we we really put a lot of effort in to make sure the jammers have as much fun as the organizing team has putting on the jam it's really important to us as part of just the culture of what toe jam is nice um, yeah, you gotta get in those dad jokes pretty early. Um, if someone if someone's listening to this or whatever and, and says like this sounds awesome, I want to get involved. Like, um, how can someone kind of volunteer or who should they get in touch with? I guess as a quick shout out, like who should they get in touch with in terms of volunteering or helping out with the next jam that's going to start being planned? Uh, like you said, November December ish. Yeah, so usually we do registration. I believe in April. Um, the best way to keep tabs on what's going on is to follow the Twitter account, Toronto Game Jam. Um, and uh, for lack of, you know, if you want to help out, volunteer, sponsor, you're interested in potentially joining the organization team, which we have a process, which basically is just you have to volunteer for a year first. And then if we like you, we'll give you a lot more responsibility. Um, uh, f- the easiest thing to do is you can actually just email me, alex at toejam.ca. And I can redirect the email to whichever uh, leader of the sub teams would relate to your request. Perfect. And then I'm just trying to find. So, if, so Toe Jam happened uh, about about a month ago, right? It was the beginning of May, I think. Yeah, Toe Jam's always historically. It's almost always the first weekend in May. Um, and so, if you're interested in playing any of the games, there there's an ETO. There's 142 games. 
submitted for uh, ToeJam13. So you can do, go to itch.io slash jam slash ToeJam13. Um, and there's a, a lot of games on here that I haven't, I've only played like maybe a handful, just the ones that kind of come up on Twitter that I quickly check out. But uh, 142 games, which is kind of crazy. Do you? So I, I know I put you on the spot in terms of asking how many people were at the la, uh, the second jam that you were at. Do you remember how many games were kind of created during those first couple of jams? Um, I mean, usually team size is around two to four people. So if there was say 40 people, then there was likely, you know, 10, eight, eight. Let's say eight to 15 games made at Toe Jam Two. And uh, I believe last year we broke a hundred. The you can actually, if you go to ToeJam.ca, the the official website for the jam, there is a way to look up virtually every previous jam's game, including the ones that I myself actually made at some point. Oh, with a little bit of like, is it just URL hacking or do you actually? Oh, games. Here we go. Oh yeah, yeah. Games page. You can just go year by year by year, and so it's really interesting from like. Uh, I mean, for anyone who's interested in game making, you could really see how the quality of some of the games has improved over the years as the tools, like, you know, as people move from uh, Flash to Unity and stuff like that. Um, there's some amazing stuff that people do. I'm always impressed to float around at the end of the jam and see just random snippets of what, what people make. Um, you know, we get, there's everything. There's all kinds of games. Mobile games, PC games, VR games now. I've seen augmented reality games. I've seen uh, one of my favorite ones that always stands out over the year was a game called Cheese Hall 2, where you actually, they had rigged it with, uh, I think it was like one of the early Nintendo systems. I want to say like Wiimote, but that's not it. Like, anyways, whatever their one style game controller was. They rigged it so you could tie a beer to the controllers, and the game was actually played based on if you were taking a sip or chugging your beer. And like <laughs> people just do some really, really interesting, innovative stuff over the years. Um, do you remember the name of your your game from Toe Jam Two? Uh, Killer Coding Ninja Monkeys. It was a platformer. Oh yeah, I just found it. There you go. It was a game I made based off of a T-shirt I got from Think Geek years ago. <laughs> looks like uh, looks like kind of like Game Boy style uh, boxes and stuff. So you can check that out, to- as you mentioned, ToeJam.ca. And and I didn't know this. Like, yeah, there's the history of every single um, ToeJam, which is kind of which is crazy. Like, there'd be thousands of games on here. So the first ToeJam it says 35 people, 10 completed games, seven valiant attempts. And then this last year you had over 600 people in 142 games. So. Uh, very awesome on the growth and, and whatnot. Congratulations to everyone who's kind of involved in that, especially uh, for you who's been involved almost since day one, um, which is uh, really cool. Is there uh, so if so, so it is for all ages. Like it's a it's a I guess a family friendly event. Like you mentioned that there is like a there was like a five or six year old who was gaming uh, or jamming and a, like a six year old and stuff like that. So do you ever get like families that kind of come in and like create a game on their own? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's not too many, um, but uh, there is definitely, like I said, Ryan Crichton brought his daughter in one year. Uh, one of the guys that I jammed with one year, Andrew, uh, I, I'm going to butcher his last name, so if he's listening, please forgive me. Uh, it's like Ryzinski or something like that. Um, he, the last couple years, has brought his wife and his son, and he's jammed. Uh, uh, 
Paul Pridham, who I believe made Punch Quest, a mobile game that was pretty popular for a while. He was jamming with his son one year, and uh, I was jamming... Uh, one of the last years that I jammed, I actually jammed with the lady who is now my wife. Nice. Um, and then, as we mentioned, you're now a father, so you can start uh, kind of doing this family jam thing as well. Well, of course, now I have to beat Brighton, and I got to get my son in there when he's four. So that's <laughs> the youngest stack. So. How old is your son? Oh, he's only 10 months old. Okay, so you got plenty of time to, to give him some iPads and, and start learning how to make games and whatnot. Um, cool. Very cool. Uh, it like to me as someone who's kind of a little bit outsider for toe jam. Um, it, it's actually super, like it's always like amazing. Like how many people kind of how involved it is, uh, in the city and like how many people I know personally go like even just kind of my wife's brother always goes, I think this year was actually the first time he didn't go. Um, and, and I remember just kind of, it's always like a talk with him. Like it was just, it was, uh, surprising that I knew all this thing about TO Jam that was on Twitter, all these people that I met through the site, and then just like semi randomly, you know, a family member also goes. So it's just like, it's a real testament to like how big um, it's gone and how popular it is. And, and if, correct me if I'm wrong, it's also like one of the first jams um, to, like ever, like in terms of that kind of one of the oldest jams, I should say. Yeah, I mean, to the best of my knowledge, we are one of the oldest running game jams in the world. We're also, aside from a couple of like, you know, Microsoft sponsored events that happen maybe once or twice, mm -hmm. we're the largest on site annual jam. Um, so we don't really like a sort of little side note with that. Uh, in special cases, we allow remote jammers, you know, if it's like, oh, my programmer lives in Aurelia or in LA and can't make it kind of thing, um, but I have two other people on the team, can we still jam? We're like, yeah, that's no problem. We don't allow fully remote teams because part of the, the spirit of Toe Jam is to be in the space with everyone else in that shared, you know, sharing the energy and the excitement and the fun of doing the jam. Mm -hmm. So we really, we really are a unique jam in a lot of ways, especially compared to something as huge as like Global Game Jam, where they're distributed across the world and there's you know thousands of entries and stuff like that um you couldn't really do what we do without being in the space and, and a large part of that especially in the last few years uh is because of george brown because they keep letting us they keep sponsoring us and letting us use their school and take over basically two or three labs of their or two or three floors of one of their campuses to run the event Right. Yeah. And like you mentioned at the start, it kind of started off as sort of like a pseudo land party, I guess. And the whole idea behind that land parties was everyone kind of getting together in the same room um, and gaming. And this is sort of the same thing, but instead of gaming, it's game design and game development and whatnot. So um, yeah, Global Game Jam is interesting because everyone sort of has their own sort of pockets of it. Like I always get emails about like George Brown has like a, game, a global game jam that people can kind of join and, and different schools and groups and stuff like that. But it's, uh, like you said, toe jam is sort of centralized, um, very local thing. And, uh, that's cool. Thanks so much for, um, kind of talking about it. Is there, is there, did I, did I leave anything out? Is there anything else you want to mention about toe jam or, um, the event itself or anything that if someone who's listening, um, any advice or anything like that, who might want to be kind of, uh, entering the jam next time. Uh, I mean, the one thing I would mention that I think is just kind of a neat thing is like 
you know, you just said Toe Jam sort of like a very local thing. Like it is local in the sense that it's localized in a space, but we actually get attendees now who fly in from and travel in, you know, we have people coming from Montreal, London, Ontario, Ottawa. Uh, one of our longtime jammers has flown in from Halifax the last, or sorry, Nova Scotia, the last couple jams. We get people coming up from LA even now to participate in Toe Jam. So it's just amazing to see how far it's reached, even with, you know, some people may have heard about it and wanted to come in to try it versus they were originally in Toronto, but uh, now have moved away for whatever reason and, and just love the experience so much that they, they're willing to, you know, take vacation time, pay for a plane flight and actually come and attend a three day jam. Um, do you have any uh, kind of advice for people who haven't maybe entered a jam and maybe uh, there's there's probably jams coming up in between now and the next toe jam. Is there any advice you have for people who uh, are just starting out who want to kind of enter a jam with some of their friends um, and, and kind of maybe like sometimes some of these games like do end up becoming full releases. Um, and so maybe that's their idea. Do you have any advice for like some of these people? Yeah, I mean... Don't hesitate. It's an awesome experience, and even if you crash and burn and don't actually complete a game, you're still going to get a lot of value out of attending. So if you're thinking about it and hesitant for whatever reason, very similar to the same advice I give to people who are like thinking about getting into game development. Just take the plunge, sign up for the events, come on out. You're going to meet some amazing people who are going to cheer you on in your efforts, and whether you succeed or not, you're going to have an amazing time. So just uh, just do it. Cool. Yeah, perfect advice. Because that's what I always say to people who um, people come up to me. Sometimes they think I'm actually a developer, but people ask me like how they get in an industry and how what do they do. And usually, I just say like just start tweeting about it. Start like gaining into the start doing stuff, uh, and then like go to events such as Toe Jam, such as Torontaru, such as uh, oh, I'm forgetting the one that's at that bar right now. Um, Oh man, bonus stage. Uh, go to all these events, and uh, and from what I've seen, uh, again, I haven't been to Toe Jam, but I've, I'm familiar with a lot of the people who organize it, such as yourself and Tabby and whatnot. Everyone is super welcoming and and awesome in terms of no one. It's not like a very exclusive thing. No one's going to like shun you out if you go. So if you're if you're hesitant about Toe Jam or any other kind of Toronto events, that's never the never the impression that I get. Um, Alex, thanks for joining me, man. It was a good chat. Yeah, no problem. Uh, is there anything, any kind of last um, shout-outs that you want to give or any kind of final things? Um, for people who might not remember, like we're going to, this will go up for Patreons uh, later today and then it will be available for the general public on like the Tuesday or Wednesday. So if you are listening to it, remember that you can vote on Thursday in the Ontario general election, so you should be doing that. Um, but Alex, is there anything, any final things you want to say? Uh, yeah, I mean, I just want to give a big thanks to the Toe Jam team. There's too many people to name, so I'm not even going to try. But it's an amazing group of people who put in a ton of work to put on a fun event for everyone. So, you know, if you ever run into someone who is a Toe Jam organizer and you appreciate what we do, we're more than happy to hear your good feedback, bad feedback, or just a nice thanks for putting on the jam. Um, uh, play Fate Tectonics on Steam. It, <laughs> it's something I put a lot of work into with some amazing people, Andrew Travis and Rosemary Brennan. Um, you know, it's a pixel art game. Rosemary's done some amazing work putting the creative energy into that product and just making something that we, we could all stand by and be really proud about after six years of basically doing service work for other companies. 
And uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, Gamma Space, Dames Making Games, and TMAC. Uh, Gamma Space has started up their Friends Play Games event series, which is one of the ways if you ever want to come meet me, I'm usually there helping out as an ambassador just to invite people to the space. So it's a, a monthly event that takes place where you can come in and play games with friends. Games can be games that you're working on, board games, digital games, card games, whatever you want. It's really low key. It's at the new TMAC space. So if you're thinking about hitting up like a Torontaru, definitely check out TMAC, uh, Gamma Space, and Dames Making Games because they're all doing amazing stuff for the community these days and they need support. Usually the games playing or games with friends is usually on Mondays, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Although we, we had to change the name. So now it's friends play games. I'm not going to go into the full story, but part of it is there is a certain company that has a certain gear, uh, series of games that ends with, with friends. And they asked us to stop calling our event what we called it. So now it's friends play games. Oh, really? I didn't even, Oh, Okay, we can talk about that down on the podcast. Um, and I haven't been to the t- new TMAC section yet, so just because of everything that's going on with the honeymoon and surgery, so I should... Uh, do you know offhand when the next event is, or I can look it up real quick on the site? Uh, yeah, I think we just had one last Monday, so probably about three weeks. I don't think it's been specifically announced yet, but Henry and, and them are really trying to get it back into the, the regular flow with the monthly... Friends Play Games events, and... Uh, a Bit Bizarre is coming back, too. Didn't I see that? I thought I saw that. Sorry, what was that? A Bit Bizarre is coming back, as well. Yes, there is a Bit Bizarre coming up. That is an amazing event that they also put on, so definitely, I wish I had the date on hand. If you're looking at the website, give it a shout-out, but uh, yeah, that's an amazing event, basically, where local game makers, as well as just creatives and other types, are there... Uh, selling really unique wares. So uh, just as an example, when we had first released Fate Tectonics, or even prior to that, one of the things that we had, aside from, you know, uh, posters and stickers and pins and interesting stuff like that that you could buy, you know, all that good game merch, is we had a small limited run series of old Game Boy cartridges that we had retrofitted with USB uh, sticks uh, that you could buy the game on. And it was all rebranded for Fate Tectonics. So you're going to find some... Amazing products there. Absolutely come out to BitBizarre. It's a really fun event. Trying to find the email because I got an email about it um, registering and whatnot. But very cool uh, that that's happening. Um, and and then Alex, if anyone is listening who wants to kind of maybe follow you on Twitter or see what you're up to, where can they where can they do that? What's your Twitter and, and where else could people kind of find what you're up to? All right. So if you want to look at some of the stuff I've done in my career, then you can go to my personal website, which is drunkenmonkeystyle.com. A domain name that I have had for, I don't know, almost two decades now and don't plan to let go anytime soon. <laughs> and on Twitter, uh, I am Mr. Alex Bethke. So the last name is B-E-T-H-K-E. Um, just for people who want to look me up. I'm a really friendly guy. Always happy to answer questions from people who want to get into game development or people who have been in game development for a long time and, and just want some advice. Uh, a recent GDC poll that I saw said... 13% of game developers survive, like exist as long as I have in game development, which I'm going to be taking some special pride in over the next little while. But I'm always happy to talk to people and offer any sort of advice I can to help them find a game, a career in game development or just, you know, some tips on actual stuff. My background specifically is programming. Uh, I started in Flash and I'm now doing a lot of Unity development. 
There are definitely people who know more about Unity than me, but as I said, I'm always happy to answer questions, so feel free to reach out. Cool, and uh, and thanks again so much for uh, for chatting this this Sunday. So, like I mentioned, you can go to TorontoGameDevs.com uh, slash podcast, which is where this uh, this episode will be, and I'll link to all of Alex's stuff, including the Toe Jam stuff, um, and it'll be available for Patreon. So you can go to Patreon.com slash TorontoGameDevs uh, to get early access to this. Uh, and then it'll be available probably like Tuesday or Wednesday uh, for the general public. And again, if you're listening to this before Thursday, you should go out and vote. Um, and Alex, thanks again, man. Yeah, no problem. My pleasure.